When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. What's going on, Bears fans? As you know, sports betting season is in full force right now, which means you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. BetUS have been pioneers in the sports book industry for nearly three decades, thriving and paying you, the loyal customer. What's great about BetUS is they have loads of bonuses. So join now at BetUS.com today and receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using code CHICAGO125. They have every bet type imaginable, and the BetUS mobile platform is easy to use with full betting options. Follow my lead and get your phone, online, and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. Cash in on your 125% sign-up bonus at BetUS.com with our code CHICAGO125. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. What's going on, Bears fans? Welcome to another episode of the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Moriano, for tonight's show. And as you can see, I'm flying solo for this post-game podcast. And of course, I'm flying solo, and the Bears actually win in a comeback fashion, 25-24, to over the Seattle Seahawks on the road. You know, it kind of started off like every other Bears game, where there was a lot of self-inflicted penalties it looked like it was going to go Seattle Seahawks way and somehow some way the Bears stuck in there and just beat a a a bad Seahawks team and now both at five and ten I mean with the win for the Bears it's it's kind of fitting 
that these teams were so close and yet it was just a one point game that separated uh, the bears from winning and losing this one. So we're going to start off this show. Like we usually do first quarter of the segment because it's just me. We'll keep this one a little shorter. Um, got the chat going on here, you guys. And you know, it's okay to be, I, I, you can have mixed feelings about this one. Obviously you could be happy. The bears won, right? Like we haven't seen many victories this season five on the year. Right. And you can also feel like it doesn't matter. It definitely, I, you know, I'm kind of in, in the middle ground here. It's nice to see them win. I didn't expect it, but it's like this fifth win of the season against a bad Seahawks team. What, what does this really mean? We'll get into that. We'll definitely talk about it. But um, for the first quarter of our show, we'll definitely talk about like, you know, just our regular segments here. And I think the monster moment for Will, what he would have there is Demir Bird's two-point conversion reception. That looked like a play initially where Nick Foles is rolling right. And it looks like Bird is open initially. And Nick Foles is a little late on the play and still throws it in his direction. And he does such a good job. Demir Bird of coming back to the ball and what there's three, four Seahawks defenders around him. And he kind of just snatches it over, you know, one of the defenders and all of them are corralled around him. The back back portion of the end zone is able to get his foot down. And then ultimately the, the knee. And that's, that's a hell of a play by Demir Bird, a smaller receiver, someone who had dropped a, you know, a couple passes uh, in the Vikings game just previously, but stepped up right there. So that's definitely, I, I would think is a monster moment. If you have anything differently, definitely put in the chat. You could maybe say Jimmy Graham's what second reception of the game, his touchdown grab. It kind of looked like he was just standing there. He boxed the, the defender out, got the touchdown against his former team. And, you know, was able to put the bears in that two point conversion um, scenario in the first place. But I think it's definitely a Demir bird catch just because of how difficult it was, but ultimately it won the bears game. And then for my opening statement, man, I look at some of the, like what the bears are doing initially. And I kind of wrote it down here in the notes, wherever I put my notes here on, on all these monitors, but yeah, look, so going this, I tracked down all the third down, um, third down and distances for, for the bears up into the first drive of the third quarter. And so you see, and a lot of it was third and long. That's the bears put themselves in that situation almost for the entirety of the first half, right? So here are all the third downs from all the way into the first drive, the first offensive drive of the third quarter. And it was third and two. They were had a third and two, third and nine, third and eight, third and 10, third and goal at the four, third and five, a third and 12, third and 19. And that third and 20 was on that first drive of the third quarter. So just situations where the Bears clearly – any good offense, you know, any offense in the NFL is not going to have too much success when they're constantly seeing third and long situations. But the Bears, you know, consistently put themselves in those scenarios, whether it was penalties or negative plays on the first two downs or just lack of execution, the play design. So consistently that was the case for the first half and then on that first drive. But I think the Bears did a little better job in the second half of avoiding those kind of scenarios, those drive stalling, drive killing, really, um, scenarios, those third and long situations. So really noticed that being just something that really hurt the Bears early on. And, you know, they've definitely talked about in the broadcast a little bit. So it's uh, something that's plagued the Bears all season when you really think about it. And then for Mason, who, is, who isn't here, he's not feeling well tonight, so he has the, the night off. 
his stat. Any stat, if any stats stand out, definitely put them in the chat here. But you look at it, the Bears are seven to fourteen on third third down. You know, fifty percent. But I look at probably what he would point out, and what's something that the Bears have also struggled with all season: the red zone, two of four, fifty percent. Obviously, you'd like to see that number improve. Then the Bears, when they needed it, they did actually get that that percentage to that fifty percent marker. Obviously, with um, Jimmy Graham and and uh, actually, was that even in the red zone? Now that I think about it, let's see. They were outside on that final drive. It started, yeah, Seattle 15. So it was a, a red zone um, touchdown that the Bears were able to get there. But the Bears just have consistently been bad in that area of the field. And, again, I think you put all the factors in there, whether it's lack of execution, the play design, uh, offensive linemen either getting penalties or giving up pressure. So I think you saw a, a lot of that in this game. And it doesn't help when you lose Tevin Jenkins, I think, Man, it must have been, I think I wrote it down the second. Was it the second offensive series? Let's see. Uh, yeah, Tevin Jenkins, second offensive series already out of that game. Larry Borum ends up playing left, left tackle for the majority for the majority of this game because Jenkins was out with, I think, a hamstring injury, if I'm not mistaken. So you, you had to go and evaluate Larry Borum at that position, something that he hadn't played because he was playing right tackle for the majority of the year. Then you had Jermaine Defetti, and we'll definitely talk about him later. But that's the first portion of our show, just kind of wrapping up some of the little things with the monster moment stat, my initial opening statement. But before we move on to the next portion of our show, you guys, I have to tell you about the Knuckleheads podcast, hosted by former NBA players Quinn Richardson and Darius Miles. The guys bring on some of the best NBA players, past and present, to have a completely unguarded conversation about sports, culture, and basketball nostalgia. The guys from uh, for the season, the guests for this season include Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Sue Bird, and the Chicago Bulls star guard Demar Derozan. Listening to Quinn Richardson and Darius Miles do their thing is like playing NBA 2K with no fouls. So make sure you check out the Knuckleheads podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Chicago Audible podcast. I'm your host Nicholas Moriano, breaking down. This Bears 25 to 24 victory over the Seattle Seahawks to improve to five and ten uh, on the season. So we're going to talk about this this Bears offense. I think we have to start with Nick Foles, right? You have to start about talk with the quarterback every single time. Talk about the Bears offense, and for a guy that had not played in a regular season game for quite a while, uh, you know, I'm blanking on his last regular season start because obviously Mitchell Trubisky took over for him last season after the flip-flop yeah i know it's i yeah you're looking the light is for people watching i have no idea why it's so bright over here there it goes it's starting to adjust a little bit but yeah we're just gonna roll with it because the bears are five and ten and we're doing a podcast about a victory over the seahawks so um going with nick Foles for a guy that had not played in a long time i thought there was some there were some good things there was obviously some some rust in some areas there were a couple of things i noted where the Seahawks clearly had blitzes on, you know, those long distance, second and long, third and long situations. And Nick Foles had to get the ball out of his hands quick. He's not obviously a guy that can move outside the pocket. And we saw that on a couple of plays where he tries to run and, you know, Nick Foles isn't going to run. He's going to try to look to pass wherever possible. But there are a couple where he gave Darnell Mooney an opportunity on a one-on-one situation down the right sideline, sees the blitz coming off the right edge, throws it in Mooney's direction gets a pass interference call. Good play. Good play design and just smart for Nick Foles to recognize 
where to go with that ball in that situation. There was a couple where, hey, you have to and you have to give Matt Nagy actually credit or Bill Lazor, who, who's calling plays, right? So you have to give him a little credit. There was a nice – there was actually a couple of running back screens in this one, which you're kind of wondering where have those been the last four years, honestly, with Matt Nagy. But they they had the, the Seahawks in a second and long situation, the defense did, and Bears call up a, a nice – just screen to David Montgomery who picks up a good gain on, on the play. And, you know, he was a little bit more active in the, the passing game today, getting seven receptions, actually leading the bears with 61 yards today. So uh, that's obviously uh, something that I've always thought David Montgomery could do more of. I think you're starting to see that a little bit, but you know, maybe a little too late, obviously, but there were a couple things. Yeah. From Nick Foles, you see that and that's experience. That's, you know, obviously he knows this offense. He just hasn't had, an opportunity to play in it, but then there was obviously some underthrown balls that were in this game, and the weather and, and things like that could factor into it. But there were just some underthrown balls. Uh, ball security again almost loses a fumble right at the end of the game, but Jermaine Effetti actually comes in to corral the football just in time before the Seahawks defenders can get it there. But I think that for what not playing in, I think it's over a year probably. And going 24 for 35, 250 yards, not having Allen Robinson in this game, having a touchdown, no picks. He was sacked four times. And, you know, I think the offensive line didn't do much help, right? There was a lot of one-on-ones that the Bears offensive linemen either just lost or, you know, Nick Foles just had no chance back there because he doesn't have that mobility that Justin Fields did. But I think for a guy that hasn't played in a while, given what the situation was with this Bears offense, I think he did all right. Like I said, there were some some plays where obviously he needs to take care of the football a little bit better. I don't get – and let me uh, let me ask you guys too, the two quarterback sneaks that were called in a row by Matt – again, Matt Nagy, Bill Lair, however they're collaborating with that. It's like you're going to really run that play with – with Nick Foles, uh, something that I don't quite agree with. I don't know if anybody else felt that way as we were watching the game, but it felt, I don't know if it felt forced or just unnecessary, but just hand the ball off to David Montgomery. I know he didn't have the most effective day rushing. He had 21 carries for 45 yards and the rushing touchdown. But in that situation where it's third and one or fourth and one, I'm just not a fan of the quarterback sneak, especially with Nick Foles in there. But the Bears were able to get that one. I think after those those quarterback sneaks, if I'm not mistaken, they went on to score. Um, was it a touchdown? I'm trying to find here in the play-by-play. Of course, I can't find it. But, yeah, um, just something that I wasn't quite agreeing with. But that's just, uh, as Tristan put in there, Nagy's play calling. And you saw that with the jet sweeps. And, again, the Wildcat for me, man, the Bears love love the wildcat formation but they've been running that i can tell you ever since training camp being there for most of the summer they have they have loved their wildcat formations and you'll have to go back and see what their yards per carry total on all those plays are because they have actually had some success with it but just seems like as of late when they've been going to it it just hasn't been working but yeah that's kind of uh the assessment on nick Foles. You look at the receiving and the stats, like I said, David Montgomery was your leading receiver in this one. And I don't think that's, I don't think it's too surprising. Cause I, like I said, I thought, you know, I've, I've always thought that David Montgomery could be more a part of that, but Darnell Mooney is a guy that I, I feel like you, you see in the very last drive, 
the 30 yard reception, him fighting for yards, being a smaller guy too. And then actually the bears um, get a personal foul on that, that play as well, or roughing the passer penalty where, you know, Nick Foles gets that call. I don't know if Justin Fields does looking at the play um, afterwards on the replay. Was it a personal foul? Yes. I think there was contact with the helmet, but we've seen Justin Fields get hit way harder throughout this season and not get the penalty. Right. So, Hey, it worked out in the bears favor. They're able to capitalize on that. They had two straight plays after that one to David Montgomery, but I don't know. I just thinking about that play. If Justin Fields is there, does he get it? I, I don't think he does. Um, but yeah, you saw Cole Komet a couple times in this game too, who have uh, a couple of plays yards after the catch. He makes a reception uh, along the, just in the flat and is able to not only just break a tackle on one of the, the receptions that he had, but get that first down. And then there's another one where Nick Foles, again, he's able to hang in the pocket on one of those third and longer situations, find Cole Komet all the way to his left side, give him an opportunity to go run and catch and get the first down again. So the experience of Nick Foles kind of showed up in this game and um, you know, with no Justin Fields, no Andy Dalton. And I can't even think of the, the backup uh, that they signed um, who, yeah, can't even think of his name right now. So Willis, maybe, uh, and maybe I just made that name out of nowhere, but the bears needed, um, needed that from, from Nick Foles to even have a chance in this one. And, you know, he did just enough, but you also look at, You know, we'll kind of talk about this offensive line because I think there were there's a lot of times throughout this game where guys just did not do enough. Like there's a couple of times where James Daniels, he I know he gave up a sack where completely whiffs on his block. Nick Foles is sacked right up the middle. It's like he's not going to get out of that. And especially if you're not going to provide any resistance, that's what's going to happen. Like I said, Tevin Jenkins got injured early. Then you had to move Larry Borum out there. He got beat by. Oh man, it was a Dunlap on one of the plays where just straight power, Borum gets out of the way and then gets sacked there. So, you know, things are gonna happen like that. But he he um he got beat on a rep. Jermaine Fetty had a fault, had some penalties. He did recover that that fumble, like I said earlier. But uh, you know, going back, I'm pretty sure he also gave up a sack as well on one of the uh, or either sack or pressure. So, I think. It's just been very inconsistent. Sam Musfer had a, a, a holding another. It seems like another holding call on a nice run by David Montgomery along the left side. Doesn't have to hold. David Montgomery uses stiff arm, gets away from the edge to def- or the the. I think it was the nose tackle on that one. Gets brought back by a holding call. So, yeah, I think there's been some really inconsistent play out there, but still the Bears, I guess, did enough offensively to you know put up the 25 points and ultimately win this game. Um, but yeah, I think offensively there wasn't really much else to talk about other than the bears putting themselves in some bad situations early on, not capitalizing in the red zone, going 50% on third downs. It's the bears offense. So nothing too, too drastic, but they, I guess putting up 25 points is, and getting that touchdown, the first touchdown by David Montgomery in the second quarter is better than getting their what they got in their the touchdown against the Minnesota Vikings and the last play of the game. So I guess there's improvement in that part, but offensively it was I don't know for you guys if it was just boring. For me it was kind of boring watching it. It was just I, I guess a snow game itself. I, I kind of like seeing the elements a little bit, but offensively there wasn't anything spectacular. I would say you know I did like actually let me mention Daz Newsom real quick. 
Um, he did have a, what was it, an offsides or illegal formation penalty that was declined by him in this one, but he did have a nice play. I think it was the first, either first or second drive of the game where he has to come back to, or he has to get go low to catch the ball, get up, and then fight through a tackle to get a first down. And you're like, oh, there's, you know, there's Daz Newsom doing some good things for, you know, just himself because obviously in last game against Minnesota had the, the um, offside penalty, but also just hasn't been in the mix in the offense. So it's nice to see him, I guess, a little bit more involved in this one. But yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy. Khalil Herbert, two carries. One of them goes for a 20 yard touchdown. So in these last two games, why not see more of Khalil Herbert? I'm, I obviously, you know, you want to see David Montgomery still be a focal point, but I think the Bears can do a better job of splitting the carries between these two backs because Khalil Herbert, I think, has earned earned that for for himself, and you know, obviously, he did a very good job filling in for Montgomery when he was injured. So, other than that, you guys, I, I really don't think there's too much to talk about offensively. So we'll kind of move on to the next portion of our show where we'll talk about this Bears defense. But before we do, I have to tell you about our partnership with Owen. If you're like me and everybody here at the Chicago Audible, we like to work out and stay active. And after a great workout, it's important to give your body the amino acids it needs to repair and rebuild proteins. And that's why we drink Owen. That's right, Owen, which stands for only what you need. All of Owen's products are plant-based, free of artificial ingredients, and are allergen-friendly. Plus, Owen uses high-quality and carefully selected ingredients to make all of its products easily digestible, like the Pro Elite Chocolate High Protein Shake, which has 35 grams of protein. And we first heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who does follow a plant-based diet. You can get 25, 20% off your first purchase with code TCA20 at liveowen.com. That's 20% off. Your first purchase at liveowen.com. And remember to use that code TCA20. Join myself, Mason, Will, and Justin Fields and try Owen only what you need. All right, let's talk about this Bears defense. And, you know, I think initially <laughs> the Bears probably pissed a lot of people off because, one, on the very first defensive series, you have Kendall Vildor and Artie Burns starting at the cornerback position. So I think that's where we'll start. And, you know, I think a lot of people just want to see Thomas Graham Jr. in there. And throughout the game, the Bears were rotating and kind of switching in Graham for Burns. There was a series where Burns makes a tackle on DK Metcalf and then has to come off the field right afterwards. I don't know if something was in his eye or something was going on, but Graham went in. But the point is they were switching. And I felt like Graham was on both sides at, at some point in the game, just kind of getting those reps. But, you know, we did see... I guess Thomas Graham Jr. come back down to earth. And I don't quite understand why the the play design was for Thomas Graham Jr., obviously a rookie, go in one-on-one coverage with DK Metcalf, who has been struggling as of late. Hasn't been very productive, but when you go one-on-one, no safety help, it was an easy just pitch and catch for Russell Wilson and, and DK Metcalf. And Thomas Graham Jr. just wasn't able to stay in coverage. And boom, it was an easy touchdown. So it was, I don't know if he, again, that put him back to reality. And it's going to happen. You're going to get beat. Uh, corners are always going to get beat. It's just how you rebound. And I would say after that, you didn't, it wasn't as, there weren't as any as much glaring mistakes, right? You have to go back and watch the, the All-22 to see. But 
obviously if we don't hear about Graham all too much, there was, he did have another pass breakup, which is, you know, great to see. But I think obviously after that first initial plan to happen on the Seahawks second drive, he, I think he calmed down a little bit and the footing and it's DK Metcalf. There's obviously a size difference there too, but that wasn't the reason why the bears or why Thomas Graham Jr. Gave up that play just footwork and just being on top of trying to defend one of the fastest players in the league, despite having that, that size too. So not too concerned about him. Again, I think the bears just put everybody off on the wrong foot seeing Artie Burns in the game, but he did get some reps rotating in with Artie Burns who almost did have an interception in the, uh, in the end zone. What was that? I think right at the end of the, the, the first half there, but wasn't able to come away with the points and the Seahawks do get a field goal. I do have uh, an issue kind of looking at what the Seahawks were able to do. Rashad Penny had had a pretty decent day. 17 carries, 135 yards, a touchdown. His longest run of the day was a 32-yard touch or a 32-yard run. There was just some some holes that opened up. And again, I don't know what the field conditions were like, but it just seemed like there were holes that were opening up once Rashad Penny got off that that first first line of defense with those defensive linemen. I know Bilal Nichols got washed out one of the plays, and then the middle just kind of opened up. Penny's able to get a pretty big gain there. But another thing that I saw in the Steve, like Gerald Everett, his receptions for some reason, he had four for 68 and the touchdown just wide open. And it seemed like there was a couple plays in the flat that there's just nobody defending uh, Everett, which was really I, I just strange to, to see. I think there was one play where Roquan Smith, and A. Jackson were talking it over and never seemed like they actually figured out what had happened. Those are two leaders, you know, two, two of the leaders on the defense. And, you know, when you get people that wide open, obviously it's a coverage breakdown. You just got to see what, what's kind of going on there. But other than that, you, you have Gerald Everett who led the team with the 68 receiving yards, but DK Metcalf got the 41, 41 yards, but he had a 41 yard reception. So Kind of held him in check after that touchdown. Tyler Lockett, three receptions for 30 yards. And this is a Seahawks offense that has been struggling, much like the Bears offense, just not able to produce, sustain drives, put up points. And it kind of showed in this one because there really wasn't a lot that they got out of production-wise from some of the weapons that they do have on the team. And, hey, the Bears defense, credit to them. Uh, not having what you had, Deion Bush in this game, starting for Deshaun Gibson. Obviously, you don't have Jalen Johnson. You have Kendall Vildor, Artie Burns, slash Thomas Graham Jr. Duke Shelley was back in this one. I know he gave up one of the receptions to Gerald Everett just on a drag route over the middle. But, you know, missing some guys in and out, I would – and you – yes, the Seahawks did score 24, and I didn't like the – it was a drive before the half ended. There was a, over just over a minute, and they were on their side of the field. They kind of let the – the, the defense let the Seahawks kind of drive and get that field goal at the end. And you obviously don't want to see that happen, but I think the defense also after the Bears score, was it scored a touchdown in, let's see. Yeah, so right after the Bears get the Khalil Herbert touchdown in the third quarter, right in the very next possession. Yeah, here's the, here's the drive that actually is the worst one from the Bears defense. The Seahawks go four plays, 61 yards, in one minute and 58 seconds. So right after the Bears had just scored and made this, what was it, a 14 or a 17 to 14 game with the Seattle Seahawks in the lead, just a minute 58 seconds later, 
the Seahawks go up 24 to 14 in four plays. So that's obviously something that the Bears you, you can't allow that. There was a couple of explosives, obviously, in that one. They did start off on their own 39-yard line after the kick, but it was, yeah, the four plays. It was a Rashad Penny run for two yards. Then you have a run up the middle for 32 yards. And then another Rashad Penny run for three yards. And then you have Gerald Everett, the wide open, again, wide open pass to Everett uh, for a 24-yard touchdown. But, you know, after that, obviously the Bears kept him out of the end zone, and that was 332 remaining in the game. So after that, the Bears and, you know, a little luck with the missed field goal, don't allow the Seahawks to score on their one, two, next three drives. And, hey, that's that you'll take that. You'll take that from the Bears defense, um, especially at this point in the season. Obviously, it was enough to win this game. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, kind of a nutshell what happened there. You didn't – you know, I, again, I, I go back to their decision to start Burns and over Graham. Uh, I think they just kind of want to see what they actually have in them. Having both of those guys, obviously, Graham had a very great game against the Minnesota Vikings, but I think they just wanted to give – it seemed like the same philosophy on offense. Jermaine Fetty over Borum at right tackle. Artie Burns over Graham at the the cornerback spot. But at this point in the season, why not just give the guys that you know are going to be on this team for next season some reps? And then, you know, I, I know that Fetty was a captain in this one, but – yeah, it's just that's again Bears their their mindset what they're kind of thinking is is right. It it looks pretty dumb or it, it people don't quite get why their reasoning from the outside and it's really valid because neither do I. All right, um, and yeah, I wonder, just curious, how do you guys in the chat? How are you guys feeling about this win? I'm I'm a little indifferent. Um, I'm I'm just curious. Like, yes, the Bears won 25-24. Thoughts. What what do you guys even think? Is this a positive? Is it who cares? Matt Nagy should still be fired. That's another thing, too. Like this obviously has nothing to do particularly with the game, but there was obviously another report. And uh, Ian Rappaport um said something earlier today about depending on how this game goes, Matt Nagy could be fired following this game. We've all heard the reports um, you know, earlier this season after Thanksgiving game didn't happen, but yeah, I wonder, does this win keep Matt Nagy's job available? Because obviously the, the new league rule, if you have the last two weeks of the season, if you kind of designate that you're the, the head coaching job is available, then you can start the interviewing process sooner, do it all via Zoom and things like that. But um, I don't know if the Bears – I don't know. Maybe, the Bears, maybe this changes the Bears' mindset. But I think regardless of what would have happened today – I think competent teams would have already had a decision of what they wanted to do at the head coaching position. But the key word is, is competent. And I don't know if the bears, uh, you know, really fall into that category. So uh, yeah, just curious, but I'm seeing that, um, you know, Tristan here, I'll put this up on here too. I forgot. I can uh, put comments on there. I'll take, I will always take a win. I absolutely hate Like I, I completely agree. It's tough. You know, Tristan, it's tough covering a team. Um, that keeps on losing. Like I was, I was scheduled to go cover this game in Seattle. But when I heard that one, Nick Foles was starting and Justin Fields was not going to play. It's like, well, do I, and I would have to fly standby to get there. It would have been for me 
flying out yesterday night at eight o'clock from Chicago to Dallas, sleeping in the Dallas airport until Sunday morning, get on a flight from six uh, at six in Dallas to fly to Seattle by 11, get there. The game's obviously at three. And then the next flight would be at five in the morning that following Monday. So tomorrow to get back here in Chicago by 11. And I'm like, man, that's, that's a lot to go see Nick Foles. And Hey, I mean, the bears won, but a one port one point game and it would have been crazy, but yeah, <laughs> just uh, not, not this time. You know, if Justin Fields was playing, I definitely would have considered it and gone and, you know, maybe the snow would have delayed all that in, in the end. But, yeah, uh, someone asked, is, was Justin Fields hurt? Yes, ankle did not play to, today, obviously, and was uh, not active for this game. But uh, it would have been it would have been a hell of a journey and just not this time. All right, guys, let's uh, move on to the fourth quarter of this show where we kind of quick hit on special teams. We saw Daz Newsome returning punts, and he had a pretty um, decent one. Uh, early on in this game, just kind of going left to right, just kind of getting that edge and getting a decent return. I'm trying to see, did the Bears capitalize on that one? That's that's always a thing, right? DK Metcalf, I'm pretty sure they did get it. Let's see. They forced a three and out there. Newsom, yep, had a 28-yard punt return going to the right side, and the Bears score five plays, 15 yards, um, and going for, for the touchdown on that nice return. And actually, him fielding it, he looked pretty secure. With with um with with the punts, one the conditions suck, catching catching a football like that. But he looked confident in what he was doing, and even when people were around him, and that's not that's not the easiest thing to do. But he he looked like he was comfortable in that role. Uh, role. Um, and then we had you know Cairo Santos got banged up on one of the kicks, and it you know just kind of monitoring to see if he would be fine. But once he had to go out and kick off and uh, kicked the extra point. Obviously, he was good. So that was that was good to see. Obviously, the Seahawks had a missed field goal in this one. But other than that, I don't know if there was anything too major here. Like we didn't have special teams. I don't think you know Bears special teams was trending uh, on Twitter this game, which is a good sign. You know, progress in that that area. Uh, but other than special teams, you guys, um, you know, I think we'll kind of kind of get into the MVB of this game. And actually, that's a tough one. Who do you guys have as your most valuable bear uh, for this game? I'm looking at, is it, do you go David Montgomery for his all-around, you know, just game in terms of the rushing and receiving, getting the, the first touchdown of the day, but also being, you know, looking at that last drive, we go to the last drive that the Bears had, uh, the six-play, 80-yard drive, a minute 55 seconds, um, you know, David Montgomery is a big part of that. Obviously, Darnell Mooney started it off, but David Montgomery, after that Darnell Mooney 30-yard reception and then the penalty, the personal foul, you get David Montgomery for a 10-yard gain. Next play, David Montgomery, uh, a 14-yard gain. And then you get the sack by Nick Foles, get the pass incomplete to Cole Komet, but then uh, you have the Jimmy Graham touchdown and then the two-point conversion, but you still need David Montgomery in that area, finished with seven receptions, 61 yards. 21 carries, 40, 45 yards, and a touchdown run. I'm going to go with David Montgomery on this. I think it's a safe one to go with. Uh, you know, I, I didn't even mention in the uh, defensive segment. I don't know how I couldn't. Uh, Robert Quinn, 17 sacks on the season. Just a half half away 
you know, 17 and a half is what Richard Dent, I think, got in 1980, the 1984 season. I think he gets it by, you know, who's it going to be? Mike Lennon next week, the New York Giants. I'm, I'm willing to put money that he gets the, the 18th sack or at least ties the record um, in that game against the Giants. But ultimately, of course, I think he's going to break it. But he's just having a fantastic season. It's not just even getting to the quarterback, which he's been phenomenal at this season, but just playing the run as well. So it's nice to see Robert Quinn and a guy like that in a five-win season, seeing him just flourish and making the Pro Bowl as well, being recognized for it despite the team being bad, his individual effort. And obviously, you know, it's there's a team effort in in getting those sacks with stunts and things like that. But 17, he's going to break it. You know what? I'll I'll do like an early bowl prediction. I think Robert Quinn will break that record by the second defensive series of the game for the bears against the giants going ahead of myself, but putting that out there, putting that out in the, uh, in the universe. So um, let's see, we got the MVB and now it's just a two minute warning. You guys with, with two games left, you know, as soon as the season ends, everyone's going to miss football again. Right. So, you know, if people are mad, still angry, that's perfectly fine. Perfectly fine that people are, are still, you know, done with the Bears, and I completely get it. But like Tristan was saying earlier, like a win's a win, and I think your week is just a little bit better because the Bears did win, and they did beat the Seahawks on the road. And if the Bears are celebrating this, I think they have every right to. I know that they – the obviously, overall, the team has severely underperformed. I mean, we can look at every single area of this team. It's not good enough. But they did come back and score 11 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to beat a Seahawks team that, again, wasn't very good, and but they did. And, again, you still don't – you don't have to quite agree with that take, but you could still be pissed off about it, and I'm completely fine with that too. The Bears do win this one 25-24, get their fifth win of the season, and do they have an opportunity to win out? They do. The Giants are not much better, and you're going to most likely be going up against Mike Glennon because I think Jake Fromm was – benched in his start if i'm not mistaken but i think you'll see mike glennon at soldier field get a nice warm welcome from the fans i'm pretty sure then you have the vikings again and we'll see how that goes and hopefully justin fields is good to go for the final two games of this regular season so continue uh one we hopefully tevin jenkins injury is not too severe would like to see him play in these final games like to see more daz newsome larry borum justin fields obviously Give me some more Thomas Graham Jr. Any of those guys. Kyrus Tonga. Like this whole draft class. Honestly, if we could just see more of those guys out there for the final two games, have them play majority of these snaps, why not? You have nothing to lose at this point. Those guys, are, I think, are not – I'm not going to say focal points, but a lot of them are going to be key contributors for hopefully years to come. And if you can get that out of a seven, from your seventh-round pick all the way to your first – I know Ryan Pace gets a lot of slack, and he should, but this draft class is shaping up to be pretty good, or it can be pretty productive from top to bottom. And not a lot of teams can can ultimately say that, but there's a lot, obviously a lot of other things that Pace, Nagy, Bears organization hasn't done well, and hopefully we see overturn in, in the future to get this team that does have some young talent in the right situation. And I'll kind of leave it at that, you guys. Um, you know, like Brian saying, fire Ted Phillips. 
Um, yeah, he has failed, no doubt. And, you know, I'll put that up there. Uh, I know a lot of people feel very similar, similarly to Brian in the sense that the Bears have failed. And this is a losing season. They're not making the playoffs. Last year, I don't even <laughs> they, they that that first round wild card match against the the Saints. I don't you know it doesn't even register as a a playoff season to me just because they were helped to get in right. So we'll see what ends up uh, happening in these last two games. But thank you for everybody for tuning in. I know it's not easy. Sammy, I hope everyone enjoyed uh, their their Christmas. If you celebrate or just enjoying the holidays. With, with family, stay safe, but you'll hear from, you know, hopefully not just me next time on the preview show next week, um, sometime on Thursday probably, but everyone stay safe, enjoy the holidays, but until next time, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.